snippets of timeless classics with ramblings on everything bookish, Ink and Quill connects you with literature, culture and writers in China and around the globe. Discovering literature and the following stories behind your favorite authors, this is Ink and Quill. I'm your host, Yang Yong. The late American novelist and critic Theodore Sturgeon once said, Science fiction, outside of poetry, is the only literary field which has no limits, no parameters whatsoever. Though this unique genre has been mostly developed in North America and Britain, in China, speculative fiction is on the rise as well. Particularly in recent years, as two Chinese writers have been honored by the prestigious Hugo Awards, more international readers have started to warm up to Chinese science fictions. So, in the next half an hour, we will delve deep into the past, present, and the possible future of this awe-inspiring literary style. First, let's follow Doris Wong to retrace the century-long voyage of Chinese science fiction. There is a legend of a world deep within our own. The classic thrilling underground adventure of a scientist and his nephew, Journey to the Center of the Earth, was written by French novelist Jules Verne. He was one of the founders of science fiction. But few know that the first Chinese edition of this tale was introduced by Lu Xun, the father of Chinese modern literature, at the beginning of the 20th century. Since then, China has been warming up for this particular literary field, which was initially treated as some fantasy to fulfill the dreams of modernity and enlightenment. According to award-winning sci-fi writer Wang Jingkang, the early works were merely vehicles to popularize scientific knowledge until Chinese science fiction finally reached its short-lived peak at the early 1980s. Science fiction gained its popularity when Ye Yunli and his peers entered into the literary world. Fictions such as Little Smart Roaming the Future sold out millions of copies. You know, at the turn of the 1970s and 1980s, people also enjoyed reading a lot. Through the eyes of a child, Little Smart Roaming the Future reveals a rather enticing version of a future city. From hovercrafts energized by atomic energy to wristwatches that merge TV functions, the dazzlingly future world excited tech-savvies and amateur scientists of the 1970s. However, in 1983, Chinese science fiction went downhill quite dramatically as being criticized as pseudoscience. To a certain extent, the boycott has stimulated writers to shift their interest from purely scientific sectors to the discussion of reality and humanistic spirit. Wang Jingkang is one of them. As the nine-time winner of the Galaxy Award, the Chinese equivalent of the Hugo Award, Wang's debut The Return of Adam is praised as a grand epic brimming with philosophical debate, while his most significant work, Quasi-Human, explores the validity of human cloning. The difference between sci-fi and other literary genres is its affinity with science. As technologies evolve, 
They not only change our society but also transform our customs, even reproductive strategies and ethics. In other words, science alters humanity. So sci-fi should investigate the relation between technologies and human nature. Besides depicting real-world issues and futuristic problems, Chinese sci-fi authors also extend their reach to the cosmos. As the man behind the apocalyptic space trilogy, The Three-Body Problem, Liu Cixin sets a milestone in modern Chinese literature. Although his story sticks to the classic alien invasion plot, the description of those tumultuous years in Chinese history, the extensive research into Chinese characteristics, all his many readers, and delivered unprecedented shock and thrill. Not only recognized as the best-selling sci-fi author in China, Liu Cixin also becomes one of the few Chinese sci-fi writers who get their works translated into English. I have been interested in science fiction since the Cultural Revolution. When I read those science fiction published in the 1950s, I was so enraptured. Far from dreaming about being a writer, I just fantasized those fictional worlds. Living a pale-down life, we are curious about the imaginary universe. Liu said he wants to deliver the adventurous spirit and positive attitude of humankind into his writings. The human society I aspire is a society keeping on exploration and a world full of passion to search the unknown. We will never cease carrying forward in the starless sky and sowing the seeds of our civilization to a wider space. Many horrible things that once happened during the human history, like war, disaster, or genocide, may repeat during this process. But as far as I know, it is the most evident way to showcase the nature of life and the dignity of human civilization. As the mind-blowing drama Interstellar becomes a national sensation, and Liu's trilogy is going to be adapted into movie, more and more Chinese people have been drawn into the fanciful charm of science fiction. But in the eyes of Yao Haijun, editor of China's largest circulating sci-fi magazine, Science Fiction World, the golden era hasn't arrived yet. If we want to promote Chinese science fiction, we must transform the marketing mode from a magazine to bestseller. With our own bestsellers, we could expand the social influence of this genre and lay the foundation for further development of the industry. Since the publication of China's first original science fiction novel in 1904, speculative fiction has undergone dramatic ups and downs in the past 100 years. But it will continue to push the boundaries of our imagination and inspire the curiosity of mankind. That was stories traveling through time to look back at the history of science fiction in China. Coming up, we will introduce you to the 2016 Hugo Best Novelette "Folding Beijing," written by Chinese author Hao Jingfang. Bestseller. Smash hit, page turner. Ink and Quill delves into the very heart of the works that make us laugh, cry, and sigh. Welcome back. You are listening to Ink and Quill with Yang Yong. At the mention of high-profile sci-fi writers, names such as Isaac Asimov or Robert Heinlein would pop up on the radar. 
As for female authors, their presence seems to be overlooked in this traditionally male-dominated community, despite the fact that it was actually a woman who invented this genre. But thankfully, girl power is back and ready to go, as female novelists have nearly swept several sci-fi literary competitions in recent years. Chinese writer Hao Jingfang is one of the rising stars. Graduated from Tsinghua University with degrees in astronomy, physics, and economic management, the 32-year-old recently snapped up a Hugo statue in the best novelette category. So let's go to Nila as she introduces us to House Award-winning story Folding Beijing. What's the first thing that comes to your mind at the mention of Beijing? The hustle-bustle capital of one of the world's largest economies? Or the ancient city whose history could be dated back to 3,000 years? Yet in Hao Jingfang's short story, Folding Beijing, or Beijing Jiadie in Chinese, the author depicts the city as a rotating and highly hierarchical society. Here's an excerpt from the novelette, translated by American award-winning sci-fi writer Ken Liu. The folding city was divided into three spaces. One side of the earth was first space, population 5 million. The other side was shared by second space and third space. 25 million people lived in second space and 50 million people lived in third space. Time had been carefully divided and puzzled out to separate the populations. 5 million enjoyed the use of 24 hours and 75 million enjoyed the next 24 hours. The structures on two sides of the ground were not even in weight. To remedy the imbalance, the earth was made thicker in first space and extra ballast buried in the soil to make up for the missing people and buildings. The residents of First Space considered the extra soil a natural emblem of their possession of a richer, deeper heritage. Set in a fictional future, the story focuses on the unlikely adventure of a waste processing worker. Born and raised in the third space of Beijing, the protagonist, Lao Dao, has always stayed in his place and has neither desire nor ambition to go elsewhere. Until one day, strapped for cash to support his adopted daughter's education in a decent kindergarten, this meek, humble middle-aged man runs the risk of sneaking into other spaces, a crime that will result in months-long imprisonment. Deviating from her usual poetic and artistic sentiment, Hao Jingfang depicts Lao Dao's experience in a rather calm and composed manner. As our main character slinks into the elite-exclusive fast space to deliver a message from a love-struck young man in the second space. Following Lao Dao's not-so-eventful errand, readers could take a glimpse into the mindsets and perspectives of different classes and experience the underlying stark unfairness and inequality of the social pyramid. By the end of the story, through Lao Dao's tired eyes, we discover the cold, hard truth that the manual waste processing business, commonly regarded as the pillar industry of third space, could easily be replaced by machinery. 
The sole purpose of its existence is to tackle the overpopulation and unemployment. Sound familiar? The author admits that she found her inspiration from real life. When I see a taxi driver on the street, I can't help myself but wonder what would happen if people like him and upper class are segregated on purpose. That's why I wrote Folding Beijing. It's not born out of pure imagination. It's a story based on my detections. The inspiration comes from my observation of reality. However, my story is not an authentic report of what I have witnessed. After all, it's a rendered fiction. For people who expect intense collision between the haves and have-nots, folding Beijing might be a disappointment, since its tone is far too lukewarm and quiet. In the story, after the conversation with Lao Ge, a security director who climbed the social ladder from the third space, our protagonist Lao Dao realizes that his world is invisible to the privileged and his life is insignificant. Yet, there is no brutal unrest or brewing rebellion after this huge revelation. Instead of becoming a potential subversive, Lao Dao goes back home and continues his mundane routine, echoing with what Lao Ge once said, There are many things in life we can't change, and all we can do is to accept and endure. That's probably the reason why Folding Beijing has caused quite a star. After winning the 2016 Hugo Award for Best Novelette, some argue that the mechanics of this soft dystopia tale are all too human and realistic, which makes it unfitting to be recognized as a science fiction. But in the eyes of Sarah Pinsker, an American multi-award winning sci-fi writer, the definition of a genre should not be one-fold. I think those questions are always being asked. Uh, is it science fiction? This is too, too much science. This isn't enough science. Every story has its critics, and not every story is for every reader, but I don't see how you could argue that that story isn't science fiction. It has, it has robots, it has the self-driving carriages, it has a city that folds. I think that those are indisputable. There are lots of stories that are far more borderline than that. But what sort of message does Hao Jingfang want to deliver? The author did give the answer at the Hugo Award ceremony. We just live in all possible scenarios. We live in all the parallel universes. Back to my story, Folding Beijing, I also give a scenario of a possible future. All humans have to, nowadays, have to face the problems of uh, automation, uh, technological development, unemployment, and also inequality and other issues. In my story, I give one of the solutions, quite dark one. Obviously, it's not the optimal one. However, it's also not the worst one. At least in my stories, people do not have to starve to death and the government do not send the poor young people to the war field, which always happens in the reality. I don't know what will happen in the true future, but I do hope that the real future will be brighter than my story. Well, let's cross our fingers and hope. 
unfolding Beijing stays fictional. That was Nila introducing us to Folding Beijing, a Hugo Award-winning fiction written by Chinese writer Hao Jingfang. Okay, now it's time to take a break. When we come back, some literary experts will share their insights on the future of Chinese science fiction. Please stay tuned. Snippets of timeless classics with ramblings on everything bookish, ink and quill connects you with literature, culture. And writers in China and around the globe. Welcome back. This is Ink and Quill. In 2015, Chinese writer Liu Cixin made history by becoming the first Asian to win the Hugo Award for Best Novel, one of top prizes in the science fiction community. One year later, another Chinese author, Hao Jingfang, received the Hugo statue in the Best Novelette category. Therefore, some ambivalent commentators concluded that Chinese science fiction is finally get the due and reveled in the advent of a golden era. Well, whether these people are asking for the moon or not, insiders confirm that there will be an uphill struggle for Chinese speculative fiction to climb onto the global stage. Let's go to Wang Lei for the details. It was late August when multi-award-winning sci-fi writer Liu Cixin came to Shanghai to promote the English edition of *Death's End*, the last installment of its famous three-body trilogy. Although the temperature outside the venue already hit 36 degrees Celsius, nothing could hold up fanatical fans to queue up and meet their literary hero. He mostly writes hard science fiction. I think some concepts he mentioned may become reality. I have always been his fan. Once he releases a book, I will get my hand on it right away. However, not everyone at the book signing is a zealot for Liu's writing. Tapping his fingers on the desk and waiting for his turn, Li Jiaxin looks a little bit bored. This recent college graduate admits that he just jumped on the bandwagon. I only read the first book of his trilogy and don't like it very much. Honestly, I prefer Western and Japanese science fiction, which target at adult readers. In China, most of the science fictions are for children. The young man's comment might be subjective, but what he said does insinuate the predicament that Chinese sci-fi is facing today. As the deputy editor in chief at Science Fiction World, China's largest sci-fi magazine, Yao Haijun, is calling for sober reflections on the current market boom. Even though today's Chinese science fiction has already made great strides, to be honest, many problems and challenges still exist. There is a limited number of sci-fi writers in China, and the annual output of published works is unsatisfactory. We need more influential works, just like Liu Cixin's Three Body Trilogy. The thing is that there are still gaps between expectation and reality. Dubbed by some media as China's Arthur Clarke, Liu Cixin is the best-selling sci-fi author in the country. His pioneering space trilogy, The Three Body Problem, has sold more than one million copies, which is a quite mind-boggling number in this niche market. Particularly after winning the prestigious Hugo Award, the theory of cosmic sociology raised in Liu's tome, an axiom that resembles the famous Fermi paradox, becomes the worth of gold for many. 
Despite of his overwhelming popularity and near cult following, the bestseller is not that optimistic about the status quo. This kind of bestseller, it can attract media and readers and readers. Winning international prize does put this genre under the media spotlight and draws the attention of general readers. Even so, Chinese science fiction is still in a slump. We don't have many readers who are really into science fictions. Since the demand is weak, the market is not profitable enough to sustain professional full-time authors. So it is a vicious cycle. High-quality stories have become rarities. As for journalist Han Song, a prolific and multi-award-winning sci-fi writer in his own right, a lack of innovation becomes the shortcoming of Chinese speculative fiction. One of the characteristics of science fiction is that it allows us to build connection with different worlds and get different answers. That's what we call creativity. We fail to see much of it in our literary establishments. In China, decentralized examination forces people to think in the same way. Everything has to have a fixed answer. But it is not without hope. Ji Shaoting is the founder of Future Affairs Administration, a company specialized at promoting Chinese science fiction. By working with institutes such as Chinese Academy of Sciences and Lunar Exploration Center, she and her team hopes that the next generation of sci-fi masters could be incubated. The reason why some writers cannot produce up-to-par stories is due to the fact that many of them haven't got the chance to broaden their horizon. The ever-progressing technology gives us so much to imagine. Science could overthrow conventional knowledge. Sci-fi writers need to keep track of the latest happenings in the scientific world. So what we are doing is bridging these writers with science. We invite researchers from Chinese Academy of Sciences to share their discoveries and discuss the future with authors. I'm a firm believer in the reciprocity between science and science fiction. Yet, in the eyes of the prominent sci-fi author Liu Cixin, as the genre becomes more diverse, technology is no longer the determinant for a good story. Some people write science fiction for their aspiration in literature. Some write for the sake of science, while for others,、um, science fiction is a tool to reflect on reality. Each perspective could give birth to a wonderful piece of fiction. Since the first installment of Three Body Problem has been adapted into a 3D stage drama and received critical acclaim, Liu suggests that visualization might be a way out for Chinese science fiction. I think in order to make science fiction more approachable and acceptable for the general public, we could adapt those stories into films or TV shows. We could visualize them on some more advanced media platforms. Novelists use words to express ideas, but I have to say that image is easier for people to understand. But people still believe in the power of words. Here's sci-fi writer Han Song. For Chinese sci-fi writers, circumstances are better compared with a decade ago. 
For example, I wrote my story Red Star Over America in 1999, in which I predicted the 9-11 attacks and the financial recession. Around that time, no publishers dared to publish that story. It was finally released in 2000 and the publishing house was under great pressure. Some topics such as the catastrophe and the end of the earth used to be taboos, but now Take Three-Body Problem Trilogy, for instance, the entire human race is erased, which is an audacious idea. In my opinion, science fiction is the most unconstrained form of literature in China. Now we are at the best of times. So be patient, because the adventure has just begun. That was Wang Lei sharing with us some insights on the possible future of Chinese science fiction. It seems that we don't have the answer yet. But no worries, because science fiction is always on the frontier of infinite possibilities. Okay, it's time to wrap up today's program. Hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Don't forget that there are always more interesting happenings in the literary world. To learn more about us, you are always welcome to follow our Facebook account, China Plus. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Yang Yong. Goodbye.